the Dark Horse Podcast will provide you with the methods and mindset to achieve your goals both inside the gym and out. This is your source for non-biased, accurate, and actionable information and tips surrounding fitness, nutrition, and ways to stay disciplined. I'll help you cut through the noise of the fitness industry and get straight to what you need to excel and grow. All right. Okay. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dark Horse Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is episode number five. It's going to be all about how to nail your fat loss. Uh, the, the I'm going to do a two-part series. Today is how to nail your fat loss. The next episode will be how to nail your muscle gain. So just a heads up, going to do a little two-part series here in the next couple of episodes. So before I get started with my uh, points for today, I have four key points that I want to um, talk about and I want to um, make, make sure everyone knows about and understands. Uh, before I get into that, I'm going to take a couple of things into assumption. Okay, I'm going to assume that you already know that you need to be in a caloric deficit in order to burn body fat. And I'm also going to assume that you already know or at least can get to your caloric maintenance, meaning how, how many calories you need to just simply stay as is. You don't drop body fat. You also don't gain any. You just stay the same. If you don't know, then there's tons of online calorie calculators you can use. Uh, and, and, you know, while they may not be 100% accurate, they will at least give you at least a pretty good jumping off point. You'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of where you need to be. So get that information if you don't have it already. But I'm going to go ahead and roll on with my points. So the first point is remember that a caloric deficit only needs to be created. Okay. Um, I would rather someone increase their daily energy expenditure uh, or basically just do more during the course of their day, right? Move their body more um, than I would just simply start start off by just slashing 500 calories, right? So I would rather you minimally reduce your caloric intake and maximally increase your daily movement, um, for a number of reasons, just moving your body is just, well, it, it, that's just good for overall health and wellness. Remember motion is lotion. So, you know, that that's just good for you in general, but also because your, your nutrition, your caloric intake, that is your big gun, man. That, that is your number one weapon and really in all things, uh, fitness and just overall health and wellness related. So why would you, why would you, your first, um, first order of business be to slash, your caloric intake drastically, right? You, you wouldn't really want to do that. If, if that's your most powerful weapon, you wouldn't want to just, you know, um, reduce the effectiveness of it right off the bat, right? You would do anything you could to not do that. So what I would, what I'm trying to convey to you is a caloric deficit only needs to be created. So for example, if it, let's say 3000 calories are my maintenance calories. Okay. I'm trying to drop some body fat instead of me just immediately going to 2,500 calories per day, by the way, 500 calorie per day deficit is assumed because typically, uh, if you do 500 calories per day, it results in about a pound of body fat per week lost. That's a very general thing. It may apply to you. You may do a little more, you may do a little less, but that's kind of the general consensus. All right. So instead of me back to my point, instead of me jumping straight into 2,500 calories, Personally, I would rather cut maybe to 28 or 2,700 calories, however, increase my daily step count, or maybe I work out an extra day a week, or, you know, maybe I just decide, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to go for walks every day. Even on days I'm not training or even on days I am training, I'm just going to go for a walk every day, 15, 20 minutes, right? Small things, small achievable things that you can do that are going to increase your overall caloric expenditure 
so that you don't have to drastically reduce your caloric intake, right? So, so let's say I only decrease my caloric intake by about 200 calories. I add in an extra two to 4,000 steps per day. That gives me an extra, you know, 300 calories burnt on just general, just generally speaking, rough numbers here. Boom. That's my 500 calorie deficit, right? So, um, th- that's just me. Um, because I, I'll be honest, I like eating. I love food. Uh, food, food is wonderful. Um, so I'm not really looking to, to cut that down any more than I absolutely have to. When it comes to caloric deficits, you really want, you really only want the minimal effective dose. You don't want anything drastic and, uh, but however, it does still have to be effective. Right. So point number one, just remember that you simply need to create a caloric deficit. You don't only have to eat less food. All right. So point number two, let's remember that progress is not linear. Okay. This is true really, really in anything in life, but, uh, it's never going to be a straight line up or (laughs) technically for fat loss, I guess it'd be a straight line down, but it's it's never going to go like that, right? You're going to have periods where maybe you've, you've consistently lost or dropped a little bit of body fat. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, uh, stall out, right? You plateau. Maybe you're not losing anymore, or may- maybe even you're up a pound, right? Um, typically, most people who are trying to drop body fat, they'll weigh themselves. They'll have a couple of weigh-ins a week, right? M- most of the time, it's two, sometimes three weigh-ins per week. Uh, more on this, put a put a mental asterisk beside um, stepping on the scale, beside weighing in. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna address this in, in towards the end of the podcast, but. Uh, so most people will weigh in twice per week, right? Most of the time is first thing when they wake up in the mornings. Um, uh, so let's say you, you, you're doing that. That's your approach. And you've been consistently dropping a pound a week for a few weeks. And now all of a sudden you're either the same weight you were last week, or maybe you're up a pound, right? If that's the case for you, please understand you are fine. It's okay. It doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't working. It doesn't mean that you need to cut more calories or, or, you know, increase more daily, um, energy expenditure. It simply means that it it could be a number of things You, you could have. Maybe when you weigh yourself in that morning, maybe you had a little more sodium the day prior than you typically do. Maybe you ate a few more carbs the day prior than you typically do. Maybe you had a couple of drinks the night prior, right? Maybe you drank a little bit of alcohol. Uh, Maybe you're not sleeping very well. Maybe you have a ton of stress that's been recently placed on you at your job. Maybe you had a new project assigned to you, or maybe your boss is coming down on you kind of hard, you know, whatever it may be. But all of these things really, oh, and not to one more, not to sound like crude or, or anything, but maybe you need to go to the bathroom if you know what I'm saying. Um, get things moving along. That and that that's not a that's not being funny. That that's a very real thing. And also keep things in perspective a little bit, right? If it's a pound or even if it's two pounds, I mean, guys, come on, that, that's two sixteen ounce bottles of water, right? If it's one pound, it's only one bottle of water. I mean, think about that, right? That's really not all that much. You know, in the grand scheme of things, if you've been consistently dropping body fat and you hit a small plateau, like a week or one way in, <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't let it rattle you stay focused, keep doing what you're doing. You will be fine. However, if this persists for multiple weeks on end, then you go back to, uh, 
step number one, and you reassess your caloric intake, right? Maybe you do need to minimally cut calories and maybe you do need to increase your daily energy expenditure. So what you could do is if this happens to you, you go back to step one or point one and you say, you know what? I've been training two days per week. I'm going to train three days per week. I'm going to try to up my step count, right? Small things like that. And then before you know it, you, you've kickstarted the whole process once again. All right. So that was point number two. Progress is not linear. Point number three is going to be take diet breaks. I would generally uh, advise most people to, if you're going to go through a fat loss phase, make sure you keep it to about six to eight weeks, right? Uh, for a, a couple of reasons, which I'm getting ready to discuss, uh, after the six to eight weeks, eat it maintenance, eat it caloric maintenance for two weeks or so, eat it, eat it maintenance for a month if you want. Um, why, why would I encourage this? Because I thought this was, uh, I mean, Hey, Hey, look, this is supposed to be all about how to nail your fat loss, right? Obviously if you're eating at maintenance, you're not burning body fat. You are absolutely correct. You're definitely not. However, if you ha- if if you have been consistently in a co- eating in a caloric deficit for six or eight weeks, and you eat at maintenance for two weeks, the mental relief that you will have from that is huge. Um, n- number one, it's going to help tremendously with long term adherence. Okay, there's nothing worse than having than than knowing that you have to be in a deficit for months and months on end. Highly inadvisable. I mean, some people have the, the gusto and the stick to to make that work, but most people aren't going to be able to do that. They're just not going to do that. After about two months, at the most two months, they're usually kind of over it, right? Um, <clears throat> so after six to eight weeks of a fat loss phase or after being in a caloric deficit, eat at maintenance for two weeks. Number one, it increases long-term adherence, which I just spoke about. Number two, it will do wonders, wonders for your training, all right? Because we know, or at least I hope we know, when we're in a caloric deficit, our training is not as does not go as well as if we're eating at maintenance and definitely doesn't go as well as if we're eating in a caloric surplus. Because we got if we're in a surplus, man, we got tons of extra energy, right? We've, and when I say energy, I mean calories. We got calories on board. We're good to go, Right. Uh, when you're in a deficit, you go into the gym, even if you've slept well, even if you're eating well, even, even if all these boxes are checked, you're still behind the eight ball because you are eating in a caloric deficit. All right. So your training is going to be affected. It, it absolutely is. It doesn't mean you don't do it. It doesn't mean you don't try hard. I'm just saying we need to understand the, the realm that is a caloric deficit. Uh, so going into it for six to eight weeks, perfectly fine. Go for it. Knock it out of the park. Be consistent be consistent. However, at the end of six or eight weeks, I highly advise at least a two week maintenance period. Again, just so you don't feel like you're giving up as much right with it, with the way you're eating. And it can really help really, really, really help to boost your, uh, your training levels and, and help you feel like you're not so restricted all the time. Okay. So that was point number three is to take diet breaks. Point number four, last point here. This is kind of, uh, this is kind of, there's like three points in one. Okay. So I'm going to go through all, uh, all through all three of these little sub points, and then I'm going to explain each of them. First one point, uh, point number four is going to be trained to be strong, eat to nourish your body and use objective evaluation tools. All right. So when I say train to be strong, p- 
please don't make the mistake of thinking since you're eating in a caloric deficit that you need to simply do, you know, super lightweights, not hardly push yourself. You know, you're not, don't do that. You still, Hey, I tell you what, whether you're in a eating and in a deficit at maintenance or in a surplus deadlift, heavy lift, heavy weights, bet you didn't know that was coming. Lift heavy, train hard. You should always, 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 always train as hard as you can. So train to be strong. Don't don't think because you're in a deficit you can't lift weights heavy and you can't, you know, do certain exercises and all that. Don't don't do that. Don't be lifting, you know, the smaller weights for 50 reps. You know what I mean? Really push yourself. Still still drive hard in the gym. Because if if you're not training to build muscle, I spoke about this in, um, in a, in a previous episode, but if you're not training to build muscle mass, the only other thing you're going to have is fat is body fat. So the last thing you want to do is go through a, a six to eight week fat loss, um, phase and end up not even looking any different because your training was completely your training intensity was completely, was way too low, right? You don't, you don't want to have that happen because you, you've essentially kind of, you know, messed up six to eight weeks of training. And that's, that's, that's a good period of time, right? I don't know about you. I, I wouldn't want to go into the gym <laughs> for six to eight weeks and not get anywhere, not make any progress. That's that, that would not, that would not make me very happy. So number, uh, point number four, train to be strong. I kind of just explained that eat to nourish your body. Um, just because don't get me wrong. It is certainly all about caloric intake and dictating your energy intake and dictating your energy expenditure. Yes. Yes. It certainly does hinge upon that. However, um, eat to nourish your body, eat foods that you know are healthy and nutritionally sound, nutritionally dense. So let's give an example. If if you've got a pack of like little, I don't know, snack crackers, whatever, uh, and it's low cal, right? It's reduced fat, it's low sugar, whatever. And they're 50 calories for the little pouch, right? Versus, um, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, know, and if you're not following me on Instagram, darkhorse.performance, but uh, you guys know how much I love the little mandarins, the little oranges. I, I Man, man, I could... I could sit down and eat an entire, you got, you buy them in the little bag, you know, from the little mesh bag from the store. I could sit down and eat the whole bag and not even, not even mind. I would, I'd stand up and smile. But so let's say, so two of those mandarins are 70 calories. If, if you're looking at that and saying, oh, well, the, the low calorie chips or cookies or crackers or whatever are the better option because they're 20 calories less than the mandarins. Uh, we got a bit of a problem, right? We got an issue because while that may be true, and again, it does depend on, you know, energy expenditure and energy intake. Yes, that is true. They are lower in calories. However, the mandarins are a single ingredient food. They're minimally processed. They're, they're pretty much not processed and they contain three to four grams of soluble fiber, right? So they're more healthful and they will nourish your body way better than the reduced fat or the low calorie snack in a bag or whatever, right? Whatever it happens to be, right? So eat to nourish your body. I'm not saying turn a blind eye to calorie counts. What I am saying is 
eat to nourish your body, eat nutritionally dense, filling foods that you know <laughs> are good for you. Eat your fruits and vegetables. That, that's, that's it. Bottom line. Um, also when you're in a caloric deficit, so eat to nourish your body. The second little sub note here, when you're in a caloric deficit, try to limit drinking your calories. And that includes protein shakes. Now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with protein shakes. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't do them. I'm saying when, when, when you have to cut food, put it in your mouth, chew it up and do all of that, that that is more satiating than simply drinking something from a bottle or a shaker cup. I can, I mean, I can down a protein shake that's got, you know, if I'm drinking it with whole milk, a couple scoops of protein is 250 to 300 calories. I can down that with no problem and still not really be full, right? I, I can, I feel like I could still eat versus if you're eating, you know, a cup of rice and four ounces of chicken breast, that's roughly 300 calories as well. However, that's going to be much more filling than, you know, drinking that protein shake. Uh, again, I, now protein shakes are fine. If it's, if it's between a protein shake and a, and a drive-through, certainly drink the shake. I'm just, I'm simply saying when you're in a deficit, you need to take as many steps as possible to make sure you are as satiated, meaning as filled or things or foods are as filling to you as possible. All right. So uh, above all else, yes, if, if it's between making a terrible, <laughs> a terrible choice on what you're what you're eating and drinking a protein shake, by abs- absolutely have it. But ideally, you want to try to eat as much real food as possible. Um, and the the last point was use objective evaluation tools. So I told you to make a mental asterisk whenever I was talking about weighing in, and uh, I believe it was uh, point number two about progress wasn't linear. Uh, Yes, yes. Ultimately, if you want to drop body fat, typically you will see a reduction on the scale. However, however, it doesn't always happen that way for some individuals. Some individuals need to use more objective uh, measuring tools or more objective tools. So what I mean is for you, it could be maybe, maybe your pants fit a little bit looser, right? That that's, that's progress, right? Uh, Maybe for you, it's improved sleep, Right. Maybe maybe you weren't sleeping that well before, but you started you started eating a little a little more healthfully. You started moving your body a little bit more. All of a sudden, your sleep's way better. Uh, uh, for you, it could be just increased daily energy. Right. Maybe you just feel better overall. You just feel better during your day. That's progress. Okay. So it's not just what's on the scale. If what's on the scale isn't moving, again, alluding alluding to uh, things I mentioned in point number two. If what's on the scale isn't moving, but you've noticed your pants fit looser or you, you have higher energy levels or you're sleeping better or your just general mood, your general well-being has improved, then you have made progress. Okay. So that's what I mean by use objective uh, measuring tools. So that's that's the four points. That's four ways you can nail your fat loss. All right. Number one, remember caloric deficit only needs to be created. Number two, progress isn't linear. Number three, take diet breaks, right? Eating a deficit for four to six weeks. If you've been consistent, take a two week maintenance or a month maintenance, even if you want. Um, point number four, train to be strong, eat to nourish your body and use objective evaluation tools. 
So that does it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have a question about the podcast, if you have a question about anything, make sure you get up with me. Let me know. Dark Horse Performance at Yahoo.com. You can catch me on Facebook at Be a Dark Horse and on Instagram, darkhorse.performance. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate all the support. Uh, make sure you leave a five-star review if you found value in the podcast. Make sure you're sharing this podcast. Thanks so much again. I got I to gotta get rolling. My kid's carpool line is going to be out to the out to the highway. But until next time, guys be a dark horse.